Maverick News presents The Rick Walker Show Defrag your mind Good evening, everyone. I was just thinking about, uh, just at that moment, Elwee Yost. Do you remember Elwee Yost? Does anyone out there remember Elwee Yost? I don't know why. I just looked at the screen and I thought of Elwee Yost. He used to um, host a movie. It's not really a movie review show. It was like a... He, he would run a movie through the week, divided into parts. And you'd watch a half an hour of the movie every night. And, he'd, and every night, he would, he'd be sitting there reading a book, and the show would start. And then he'd look up. Oh! Oh, oh, oh hello there! Hi! Thanks for joining me. <laughs> what was the name of that show? Magic Shadows. That's what he used to call, that was the show. He was a school teacher. It was on TV Ontario. The public broadcasting um, outlet here in, in Ontario, Canada. Elwios. Yeah, he was, a, he was a great movie buff. And, uh, and then he used to do another show on Saturday nights called Saturday Night at the Movies. So I used to watch that every week. I was a kid. That's how I was introduced to a lot of those great old classic movies. It was a fantastic show. Um, anyway, I didn't mean to start the show that way. We have a lot of ground to cover tonight. All kinds of things to share with you. All kinds of different stories. Um, what are we going to talk about? RFK Jr. Maybe uh, ditching the Dems to go independent. We have um, the Pope saying that, uh, well, he's kind of opening the door to blessings for same-sex couples. I know that'll excite some people. Um, we'll give you a bit of an update on that United Auto Workers strike. Um, <clears throat> just going to draw some attention to, to the proposed class action lawsuit on the MK Ultra mind control front. Just going to mention that. Um, oh, uh, some drone subs went down to take a look at some sunken World War II aircraft carriers. So there's new video footage of that. They were involved in the Battle of Midway. It looks like uh, there's more, I guess, dissatisfaction over the way the Republican debates are being run. So some, I guess more, all the candidates are complaining and it looks like at least DeSantis and Trump are now, well, Trump's not going to go to the next one. It looks like, uh, look, looks like maybe DeSantis might not go either. What else do we have for you? Those are kind of the main stories. Oh, Kevin McCarthy ousted as a House Speaker. Canada has a new Speaker as well. And um, I'm just getting a message here that there is a problem with Rumble. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. 
Yeah, rumble, not live. What is the problem? What is the problem? It says we're live. Yeah, we're live there, and we are live there. But we're not live. I think I know why. Wow. The chat's open, but Rumble's not live. What is going on? Hang on, let me fix it, or try to. Okay, well, I do this. Let me run a couple of promos. Rumble, Rumble, Rumble. You need a better system, Rumble. I swear, I swear, I swear, this sucks. It's really, really, really not good. Hang on, I'll be right back. Greetings brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others. Out. Of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals. Individuals. Defenders of individual rights. And freedoms. Credible. Trusted. Grounded in reality. Maverick News. Maverick News. Defending free speech. Free speech. Donate. At freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow. Maybe too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. It's on now. It, uh, for whatever reason, did not link originally. The Rumble channel did not link originally to the stream software. So I reset everything, and we are rocking and rolling, and we have lots of stuff to share with you tonight. Um, the first thing I'm going to do is read this letter from John. John writes, Rick, you have the best show on Rumble. I haven't missed a show in two years. Keep up the good work, John. Thank you, John. Appreciate that. I'm a, I guess I'm just gonna have to work harder. It's only the best show on Rumble. I want it to just be the best show everywhere on social media. 
<laughs> and thank you for the donation too, John. Appreciate it. I'll try harder though. And uh, you guys can help by watching and sharing and liking and subscribing, especially on Rumble, even though it's a pain in the neck to set the broadcast up every day over there. And uh, yeah, on YouTube too, and uh, on our secondary channel. We'll eventually be back on our main channel, working on that. Anyway, let's get into some stories, shall we? Some stories for this evening. All right, where are we going to start? Um, where should we start? I'll close off this thing here. You want to talk about the Pope? The Pope, the Pope says that, uh, well, he's opened the door to Blessings for same-sex couples. Pope Francis. Yes, so he has suggested there could be ways to bless same-sex unions. He was responding to five cardinals who challenged him to affirm church teaching on homosexuality. This comes just before a big meeting where LGBTQ plus Catholics are going to be included on the agenda. Uh, so the Vatican has published a letter that Pope Francis wrote to the Cardinals. This was back on July 11th after receiving a list of five questions from them. And in this letter, Pope Francis suggests that such blessings could be studied as long as they didn't confuse the blessings that people might receive or these same-sex couples with actual marriage. So he says, yes, they could be blessed, but there are conditions and only in certain circumstances. So those who advocate for LGBTQ plus I would say rights, but um, status, I guess, or inclusion within the church, the Catholic Church, uh, said that this letter significantly advances efforts to make LGBTQ plus Catholics welcomed in the church. And they say it's one big straw towards breaking the camel's back in the marginalization of people from their community. The Vatican holds that marriage is an indissoluble union between a man and a woman. And as a result, the church has always, well, for a long time, probably until now, has been opposed to gay marriage. But Pope Francis is voicing his support for civil laws which extend legal benefits to same-sex spouses. And Catholic priests in parts of Europe have been blessing same-sex unions uh, without penalty or censure from the Vatican. The Pope's response to the Cardinals marks a reversal from the Vatican's current official position. 
So this is actually fairly significant, and it comes at a time, I think, when emotions are at a peak on this kind of issue. When you're talking about drag queen story time in schools and sex education and the way it's being taught in schools and what many see on the conservative side of the political spectrum as an assault by government on traditional families and religion, this is a very significant development. So we'll keep an eye on this. The culture wars, of course, continue. This, I guess, statement, this move by the Pope will, I think, further polarize people, at least for now. It will make it more difficult, I think, to get to a place where people reach some sort of resolution on these issues. Because I think it will just, at least immediately, result in, in people digging in or entrenching themselves even more firmly into their positions on this politically. So that is what's going on on that front. And I know that we have that up as the, uh, the lead story on at least one of our channels tonight. So I just thought it would be appropriate probably to lead with that. Also, cracks um, are showing in the West's support for funding for the Ukraine war. So in recent times, Western unity around Ukraine has faced significant challenges as the conflict continues with mostly stagnant front lines. Although I would say what's really going on in many respects is that Russia has kind of taken the territories that it really needed to secure. And they did that some time ago. Of course, the conflict continues over there. But in reality, I think Russia has already achieved many of its goals. And the West keeps dumping more and more money into this war. More and more blood is being spilled. And as time goes on, support for the war has diminished. It's eroding quickly. People are getting very tired of it. And last weekend in the U.S. Congress, uh, they narrowly avoided a government shutdown and ended up omitting billions in Ukraine aid from its short-term spending bill. Lawmakers supporting Kiev are now scrambling to secure additional funding as a faction of the GOP remains opposed. While support for Kiev or Kiev still exists on both sides of the Atlantic, it no longer exhibits the unwavering solidarity seen during the initial year of the conflict. In 2022, Russia's um, How can I put this? In, in 2022, when Russia went in to secure the territories and then initiate those elections, 
Ukraine's initial pushback, trying to repel Russian forces, well, those were seen as unifying actions for Western nations. But a lot of that, of course, was predicated on what I would say was propaganda. Yeah, that'd probably be the, the right word for it. Yeah, absolutely. Propaganda where Ukraine was feeding storylines into the West, accusing Russia of war crimes, portraying the the war as something that Ukraine was um, making great strides in, only to find out over time that the war has not been going as well for the West as we were being led to believe over here. Now we here and a lot of other independent media outlets and analysts like Scott Ritter continuously pointed out that Ukraine was having a rough go and uh, the weapons that were being sent to Ukraine were not having the impact that we were being told they were. And while support for Ukraine still exists on both sides of the ocean, it no longer exhibits the unwavering solidarity seen during the initial year of the conflict. We know that Poland, for instance, has said that they'll no longer be sending weapons. In Canada, however, we just saw when Zelensky visited Trudeau, he walked away with an additional $650 million in funding. On that issue, I know the Canadians are deeply, deeply divided. The country is just about split in half in terms of support for ongoing funding of the war. And that is a marked difference from where we were when things began. As I've said many times, War is often very popular in the beginning because it is sold to the public by government. They manufacture consent, which is a Noam Chomsky quote. Yes, they do. They manufacture consent. But over time, as more and more money is spent, as we suffer over here, even just economically, and as people begin to see the horrors of war for what they really are, even if it is from a distance, support for conflicts generally do erode over time. And so with that $650 million in additional funding, the Trudeau government, this, what is about this past week, came forward and um, they've announced that the, the plan is now to cut about a billion dollars from the Canadian forces, Canadian Armed Forces budget. And that has sent shockwaves through the Canadian military. And so you can see exactly what's going on. They've given the funding to Ukraine and they've taken it away from the Canadian military. That's what they're doing. 650 million to Ukraine, which is almost, what, a billion dollars? And then they chop a billion dollars out of the Canadian Armed Forces budget. What does that leave us for defense? Give it all to Ukraine, leave Canada defenseless. And the Canadian military is already stretched so thin, it's barely functional. It's barely a viable operation at this point. 
and they're going to chop another billion dollars out? The country's in trouble, folks. Trudeau is leaving Canada virtually defenseless with a military that will barely be able to function, if at all. They're having staffing, personnel issues. They've had ongoing budget issues for years. And now this. All so that we can fund a war in a far-off country. A war that honestly makes no sense. Never had to happen. So, <clears throat> the U.S. has spent, um, I don't know how many billions of dollars, but in Canada, it's now up to about six... How much was it? Nine billion? Nine, nine point six billion? I think it's something like that. And so... Um, in the United States, Zelensky showed up and was looking for additional funding, but of course did not get the money that he was looking for. Now, Biden has stepped up and, uh, and did eventually sign over some aid, but um, not nearly what, uh, what they were hoping for, and, and there has now been an erosion. So, you know, what's going on? It seems like this war actually might be at a point where we might see, start to see some sort of um, dial back on this. And that is because more and more Republicans as well are, um, are beginning to voice opposition. The war is not in vogue anymore. People are getting tired of it. Skepticism about aid for Ukraine is absolutely growing among Republicans and populists. Among people who support candidates like RFK Jr. and Donald Trump. And um, as a result, we may see things move beyond funding disputes into fundamental debates about the U.S. position on Ukraine. I, of course, have stated many times that I would like to see the war end because I am all about peace. I don't want war there. I don't want war of any kind here. And every night we use free speech and this platform to help people get closer to the truth because only the truth will set us free. So as Ukraine relies on external aid, these developments pose significant challenges and opportunities for Zelensky's regime. And Putin is uh, seeing these cracks in Western unity, and he will, no doubt, I think he already is, using those cracks in unity to rush his advantage, because that is what his job is. If we're at war, it's his job to try to win it. And even though I am opposed to the war, I, uh, overall, I have to say that I am also hopeful that our countries over here can be preserved as well. I just would like to see everything end with this war so we can get back to building instead of destroying, trading instead of fighting, learning from each other, 
and living in tolerance and acceptance instead of trying to kill each other. Hang on, I'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Greetings, brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals, individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms, credible, trusted, grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow. Maybe too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. from the way too bizarre to not be true file. Brace yourselves. If you're a little squeamish, you, uh, you might want to plug your ears and cover your eyes for a couple of minutes. We're going to show you uh, a bizarre story. Horrific. Statement on the justice system, I suppose. Uh, this involves cannibalism. Oh, my God. And I have checked this against multiple, multiple sources. It's real, not made up. Many, many media outlets reporting on this as well. So it's, it's verified. 100% true. Brain-eating cannibal back in public life after 10 years in psychiatric hospital. Tyree Smith from Bridgeport, Connecticut, and this version of the story from Daily Express US, but there are other outlets as well reporting on this, and I shouldn't even chuckle because it's so freaking horrific. And just in time for the October 4th zombie apocalypse, which is tomorrow. Um, so Tyree Smith from Bridgeport, Connecticut, killed a homeless man and then <clears throat> ate his brain and eyeballs. 10 years after being committed to a state psychiatric hospital for 60 years, he has actually been released now. He ate this victim's brain and eyeballs and they're letting him back out on the street. So this case made headline news when Smith was found not guilty of murder by reason of insanity after a July 2013 trial. So, in lieu of a stint behind bars, Smith was ordered, committed to a state psychiatric hospital for 60 years. But now, just 10 years after the incident, the State Psychiatric Security Review Board says that Smith was, is ready to be transitioned back into the community. Are you freaking kidding me? Smith has been released from the facility, Connecticut's most secure as of now. And 
He will be living in a Waterbury group home and is not allowed to associate with anyone involved in criminal activity. Well, that's good. Well, that's a good condition. Yeah, don't hang out with other cannibals. The board stated in its report, Tyree Smith is an individual with a psychiatric illness requiring care, custody, and treatment. No kidding! Talking about stating the obvious. Since his last hearing, Tyree Smith has continued to demonstrate clinical stability. Well, I feel much better now. I, oh, well, then just let him out. Well, you know what? Maybe he could get a job as a babysitter. Mr. Smith is medication compliant, it says here. Actively engaged in all recommended forms of treatment. And has been symptom free for many years. Yeah, when you're in jail, there probably aren't many opportunities to eat people's brains. No wonder he's compliant. He's been locked up and has been forcibly taking prescription medication to keep him semi-comatose. So during his trial, Smith's cousin, Nicole Rabb, claimed that he arrived at her Connecticut home in December of 2011, talking about Greek gods and ruminating about needing to go out and get blood. So when she saw him the next evening, she noticed what appeared to be specks of blood on his pants and that he was carrying chopsticks and a bloody axe. I am not making this up. My God. Smith then allegedly told Rab he killed a man and ate his brains in the Lakeview Cemetery while drinking sake and grimly warned he intended to eat more people. Huh. A month later, police found Angel Gonzalez's mutilated body in the vacant apartment on Brook Street in Bridgeport where Smith had lived as a child. Police later recovered the bloody axe and an empty bottle of sake in a stream bed near the Boston Avenue Cemetery. <laughs> uh, the defense's case rested on the testimony of Yale University psychiatrist Dr. Rena Kapoor, who testified that Smith had kept his lust for human flesh after his arrest, even, even offering to eat her. So he offered to eat the psychiatrist who examined him, but they're letting him out. He's out. Kapoor claimed Smith suffered from psychotic incidents since childhood and heard voices that told him to kill people. Since then, the voices ordered Smith to eat the victim's brain. She then said the voices ordered Smith to eat the victim's brain so they would get a better understanding of human behavior and the eyes so they could see into the spirit realm.
Kapoor added that Smith went to Subway after eating the man's body parts. He was still hungry. Oh, my God. The report on Smith's release said he denied experiencing cravings, but stated that if they were to arise, he would reach out to his hospital and community supports and providers. Well, as long as he promises to call in if he gets the urge to eat more people. Like, I, you know, if he's like hanging out one day someplace by himself and he just suddenly gets the urge for some, I don't know, brain lasagna or, uh, you know, brain loaf, eyeball soup. He'll have, at least he'll have a number for support now. So you can just call in, you know, Cannibals Anonymous. And I, I shouldn't really be joking, right? But my God, my God, my God, my God. On. Believable. Wow. Okay, let's take another break. I'm going to shut down a couple of things um, running on this computer in the background. I might be slowing stuff down. And when I come back, we're going to have more news. I promise it will not be nearly as dark as that. I'll find something somewhere along the line to cheer you up. I promise. Hello, world. Are you awake? Uniting humankind by liberating millions of minds at a time. Maverick News. The world is watching. Okay, I'm back. I didn't actually get a chance to shut any of that stuff down, but hang on a second here. While I finish doing that to help the pewter that we run on here run just a little bit smoother. That should help. Okay. That should help. I can close this here. And that'll help for sure. And I can close this thing here too. And that'll help. Because there's nothing worse than trying to watch this show with freezing video and stuff. Close that, too. Okay, what else do we have for you this evening? Many, many stories. So, while we were talking about <laughs> the cannibal, cannibal story, it's actually surprising, you know, how often... Murders occur where the killer engages in some sort of cannibalistic act. Uh, I've seen it here in Canada from time to time. 
it's not unheard of. I don't know what it is that gets into people's heads that compels them to do something as insane as that. But that's the way it goes. Yeah, and, you know, oh, also, you know what I've, I forgot? She's been to that on the U.S. side. Um, Hello, world. Are you awake? Uniting humankind by liberating millions of minds at a time. Maverick News. The world is watching.
Okay, so I think we're back. Sorry, we had a big, giant interruption there. What a mess that was. I don't know, man. I think there might be... You don't need to know my technical problems. I'll wrap my head around it later. And we'll just try to push through and get this broadcast done tonight. Because we have important things to talk about. Yes, we do. Okay, so what was I talking about? I don't even remember. What was I talking about when last we spoke? Um, don't remember. Help me out in the chat. What was the subject? What were we talking about? I don't remember. I'm having a Joe Biden moment. What were we going on about? We already did the cannibal story. We did the cannibal story. I don't know. Can anyone even remember? Was anybody even listening? Were you guys listening to me? Ah, as usual, I think you were ignoring me. Too busy in the chat to listen. <laughs> oh, my. Well, let's talk about the Kevin McCarthy thing. So, um, <laughs> a historic turn of events today. In fact, just it's just unfolded after successfully averting a government shutdown over the weekend. Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker, has been ousted from his position by members of his own Republican Party. This marks the first time in U.S. history that a Speaker of the House has been removed from office, and it signifies an ignominious end to McCarthy's tenure. Uh, the motion to remove McCarthy was initiated by Florida Republican Congressman Matt Gates, who accused McCarthy of making a secret side deal with President Joe Biden regarding additional funding for Ukraine. Despite McCarthy's attempts to quell tensions within his party, his collaboration with Democrats on crucial issues, including passing a stopgap spending bill to extend government funding through November 17th, sealed his fate today. In a stunning turn of events, eight hard right Republicans, hard right, joined forces with 208 Democrats to support McCarthy's removal. 210 Republicans failed in their efforts to keep him in place. McCarthy needed a simple majority to retain his position, but he fell short of that threshold. Congressman Steve Wanak, Wom, sorry, Wamack of Arkansas, who presided over the, se the session, announced the outcome. He said, the resolution is adopted. The Office of Speaker of the House of the United States, House of Representatives, is hereby declared vacant. Following this declaration, Congressman Patrick McHenry, a North Carolina Republican, was designated as the acting speaker until a new House leader is elected. McHenry promptly called for a recess, stating... In the opinion of the chair, prior to proceeding to the election of a speaker, it will be prudent to first recess for the relative caucus and conferences to meet and discuss the path forward. Kevin McCarthy's removal comes after tumultuous nine months, marked by clashes between the speaker and the uh, right-wing faction of the party. 
With the House Republicans holding a narrow majority, they now face the challenging task of electing a leader capable of uniting a deeply divided conference. Kevin McCarthy's removal as Speaker of the House is a historic event, marking the first successful vote to oust a Speaker in over a century. This development underscores the challenges faced by the Republican Party as they seek to find a new leader who can navigate the turbulent waters of American politics. Who will that leader be? Well, we know a lot of people are looking to Trump, some to DeSantis. Uh, maybe somebody else. Time will tell, folks. Time will tell. Yeah. What else do we have for you tonight? Oh, I know what I wanted to get into. See, because we were talking about the cannibal thing, I wanted to talk about this MK Ultra mind control story, which actually ties into exactly what we were talking about Last night, QAnon, um, information warfare, propaganda, mind control techniques, social media, the way it's being weaponized against U.S. and even Canadian citizens. Well, here's this MK Ultra mind control, control story. We had this story months and months ago, many months ago. You may recall way ahead of this. But here it is tonight. CTV has now picked this up. And what's it about? Well, the United States government has been declared to have legal immunity in Canada and can't therefore be prosecuted according to the court for MK Ultra mind control experiments, which were done back in the 1950s at a Montreal psychiatric hospital. This ruling coming from Quebec's Court of Appeal. You know, the ruling came down this week, and this is something that we were waiting for. The proposed class action lawsuit is about the MK Ultra program, uh, which was allegedly funded by the Canadian government and the CIA between the 1940s and the 1960s at Montreal's Allen Memorial Institute. So this was a three to nothing decision rendered today. Well, sorry, Monday. And the province's highest court has now upheld a lower court decision that said a 1982 Canadian law governing how foreign states can be sued in Canada isn't, it just can't be used retroactively. So we could sue today if it had happened after 1982, but because this happened prior to 1982 and that law did not yet exist, which would allow a foreign government to be sued for its actions on Canadian soil, uh, we're told that there's nothing that can be done for the families of the victims of the MK Ultra mind control experiments. The lawsuit, which has not been authorized by a judge, alleges that uh, these experiments by Dr. Donald Ewan Cameron at the Allen Memorial Institute, which took place between 1948 and 1964, were all part of the CIA's MK Ultra Mind Control Program, um, which was a covert experimental operation. Yeah, and um, so the plaintiffs have argued that the trial judge erred in granting the U.S. immunity at an early stage in the proceedings and 
Yeah, they said that the U.S. could be sued retroactively under Canada's 1982 State Immunity Act. But lawyers representing the U.S. Attorney General said that, um, well, they just basically argued the opposite and therefore nothing's going to happen. So um, lawyer Jeffrey Orenstein who represents the plaintiff said in an email he is reviewing all legal options including an application for leave to appeal at the supreme court of canada so this is not dead his clients he said understand the importance of immunity as it pertains to international relations however he says the bodily injury exemption to state immunity has been in effect since 1982 orenstein said the u.s government would not be able to enjoy absolute immunity today in relation to the facts as outlined in the class action suit. He says, we believe that they also did not have immunity even at the time that the alleged acts took place. As many as 300 families could participate in this class action if it is approved. And it's important to kind of showcase this and it is good to see that they are finally getting even some mainstream media support. Here's a little bit of, um, an interview done on CTV, and I'll just run a brief clip from it. During the 1950s and 60s in Montreal, a Montreal hospital conducted CIA brainwashing experiments on its patients. People went to the Allen Memorial Institute suffering from anxiety or depression. They came out with their memories wiped out, their minds destroyed. Their families are still trying to get compensation and an apology from the government. Julie Tani's father was one of those patients. And welcome. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. So it was 1957. Your father was 43 years old. Right. Why did he decide to go to the Allen? He was referred to by his family doctor. He had a trigeminal neuralgia, which is a, a pinched nerve in the side of the face, which goes into the jaw. It's very, very painful. Uh, he was not a psychiatric patient. Actually, most of the people were not postpartum depression, like not serious issues. Yeah, these were not, not serious psychological illnesses. Right. They were sort of depression, anxiety, this right. kind of thing, yeah. right? Uh, but his, uh, the research was basically based on schizophrenics. So it was a strange combination of Dr. Cameron and other people like my father who went in for no psychiatric problem at all. Um, <clears throat> but Well, what happened to him there? Do you know? What did they oh, do yes. to him? We have the records. They're very clear. Uh, he was put into uh, an insulin-induced coma almost immediately and subjected to um, shock treatments that are called page wrestles that are about 40 times the normal voltage and zap a patient six times in a, in a single dose as opposed to one, which is very heavy duty, uh, really used not as whatever they use regular shock treatments for, but really used to wipe out the mind. So what, from what I understand then, so the CIA had recruited certain hospitals and doctors right. because they wanted to test brainwashing techniques, mm -hmm. right? So the, the whole idea was somebody had some kind of a problem, let's say anxiety, they were going to wipe out the brains and then rebuild them and that was supposed to cure them? Was this the theory that, that they were going with? Okay, hang on, I'm going to... Um I'm going to make a change here because we're losing our rumble link again. I'm not sure about YouTube. Hang tough. I'm just going to make a change here. This is terrible. I'll be right back.
Maverick News. The world is watching. Okay, we're back. I'm sorry about the, uh, the loss of the link to at least uh, one of the Rumble channels. Apologize for that. I, uh, I made some changes that hopefully here will stabilize things for the rest of the broadcast. I don't really know why it's doing it. But it ain't cool. So anyway, the MK Ultra Mind Control Program experiments that were conducted in Canada, they used a combination of drugs including LSD and shock therapy. And the patients that went in, most had very minor issues like anxiety or depression. And when they came out, were not really able to function as productive members of society anymore. And essentially, they lost everything, lost their lives. And the U.S. government walked away, and the people involved in it walked away with no consequences. That's what this class action lawsuit is all about. And it's important. The reason I drew your attention to it here tonight is because a lot of people think that the MK Ultra program is a conspiracy theory when in fact it is very it was very very real maybe these kinds of experiments are probably even going on today and we've talked about that extensively and that's why here on this program we do acknowledge real things when they're real things and when things are not real i try to draw people's attention to the fact that they're not real and if I'm not sure, I'll say I'm not sure. But I'm always open to even having my mind changed. If convincing evidence is presented. If you can convince me something is real, then I'll admit that it's real. Like the cannibal guy. That, that's real. It's real. Hang on here a second. Close that one down, come on back over here. So what else do we have? Well, yeah, Kevin McCarthy, he's gone, so goodbye, Kevin. And we'll exit out of that. Now I've got some cool underwater footage to share with you. This is um, an undersea drone drones and um, they've captured the first footage of three World War II aircraft carriers that were sunk in the Pacific during the Battle of Midway. So let me just, uh, yeah, we're going to bring this up and show you. Here we go. So about three miles below the surface. So you've got um, two Japanese carriers and the USS Yorktown.
And they're hoping that they'll learn more about what exactly happened. It was one of the most significant battles during World War II. I remember as a kid reading about it, and then there was a movie called Midway, made in the 1970s. Very good film. Quite accurate. At least accurate in that it certainly reflected the written accounts that I had read when I was a kid. Right down to one scene in the movie where they show someone in the water um, with a life preserver that's being held up over his head. And uh, I had read about that exact, that exact person doing exactly that. And, and there was in the movie. It was very, very good. At least as I remember it. It was a long time ago. I was very young at the time. And there's footage. From that time. There's the battle, Midway. You know, I think people today still think of wars being fought like this because we we see movies. You know, we, we think of, unless you've actually been to war, or unless you've seen weapons actually being used, demonstrated, or used in the field, I don't think people have a an accurate perspective on how powerful today's weapons are in comparison to what was available back in the 1940s. The destructive power back then was enough to inflict, you know, million, to, to end up with millions of people dying worldwide. But today, the weapons are so powerful. The jets, so fast, cruise missiles. And while the weapons are certainly more accurate you can get pinpoint accuracy with these missiles which have guidance systems on them um, the destructive capacity of many of the weapons available today are also far beyond anything that existed back in the 1940s until of course the creation of the atomic bomb but even with that the bombs that we have available today for the maniacs that run this world, those, those weapons are far more powerful than what we had before. Let me just see somebody sending something in here. See what's coming in. Let me just check this. Somebody looks like we had a donation in the uh, Rumble Rats. Yes, there it is. Sopratuti. Well, thank you very much for that 
extremely generous $65 donation. It says, Rick, I'm curious what your take is on the selftransparency.org pledge that says politicians should wear body cameras. Thanks. I have to be honest, I, I don't even know what that is. Selftransparency.org. Well, let's check that out. Selftransparency.org. Body cams for legislatures. Legislators. Well, let's show you what that is. This is all new to me, so we're getting this on the fly. They're wearing body cams in this image. Here's the website. The self-transparency pledge below is for those of us who believe the people nominated to create the laws in our world should be held to a high standard of transparency when they perform lawmaking-related activities and should provide full disclosure in everything they do that leads to creating and imposing such laws. The main aim of the pledge is to identify if there are any legislators who have different public and private personas where they say one thing publicly, but they do something else privately. So the Transparency Pledge for Legislators. One, I pledge to wear a body camera that live streams or video records all my public and private work-related activities. If for any reason I fail to video record a work-related interaction by the end of the current day, I will provide a detailed summary of it, either publicly or to the designated constituents regulatory body. Two, I pledge to properly maintain and not alter the functionality of the devices used to video stream record the recordings. I pledge not to restrict access or classify any of the video footage that does not have the potential to cause injury to the interest of the constituents upon whom I create laws for. Four, I pledge to attend as many work-related activities that are related to the lawmaking and law-imposing processes as I can. Uh, five, I pledge to advocate for laws that remove confidentiality clauses and impose this pledge on all other legislators. It says, number six, I pledge to not claim confidentiality clauses or privileges related to my work unless my video footage should be classified as required under the existing laws. Seven, I pledge to advocate for the immediate dismissal of those legislators who adhered to this pledge and were demonstrated to have avoided video recording of their work-related activities. And I pledged to store and make publicly available the video footage of my work for at least one year after it was first made available. And nine, I pledged to cease my lawmaking position as soon as I no longer comply with this pledge. And there's a pledge for constituents. That would be us. One, I pledged to inquire with the local lawmaking candidates or existing legislators if they are willing to adhere to the self-transparency pledge, that is, will you wear a body camera to live stream or record all your work-related interactions to get my support? Two, I pledge to video record the lawmaking-related interactions I have with my existing legislators or the legislator candidates and make the video footage public if I think its content is helpful for my community's knowledge. Three, I pledge to do all that's legally possible to obtain proof of my voting preferences if my voting helps decide what the laws are or who the legislators should be and make publicly available said voting preferences if I so choose. 
Four, I pledged to do all that's legally possible to help identify and report the legislators who adhered to the transparency pledge but avoid video recording of their work-related activities. And five, I pledged to support candidates and legislators who adhere to the self-transparency pledge and withdraw my support if the candidates are proven to have broken the pledge. Okay. I won't go through the rest. Won't go th I will not go through these FAQs. And I will be honest with you. Um, I understand what we're trying to get at here. But no, I, 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 I don't think I would support this in this way. Uh, because I don't think it would work, for starters. It wouldn't achieve the desired result. Also, I don't think that... Um, I don't think it's right to force someone uh, at work to walk around with a, a body camera on all the time unless there's something very specific, some very specific reason to do it, like a police officer. And the reason I, I, I don't think it's necessary here is because these legislators or politicians, members of parliament, senators, congressmen, whatever kind of politician we're talking about here, when they're voting on things like this, unless they're in-camera meetings, in most cases they are on video anyway because the proceedings are recorded usually and sometimes even broadcast online and even over, over local community television stations or even nationally. So there are video records of these things already. I don't think it's necessarily necessary to force them to wear body cameras it's almost to me like a duplicating a duplicated thing. I think what would be better or more important would be to get rid of as many of the in-camera, behind-closed-doors meetings as possible so that virtually everything is made public in every capacity, in everything. You see, because I think if a politician was going to try to make some secret backroom deal uh, so that they could vote in a particular way. Um, or be influenced in some way. Um, if they're going to be inf if influenced illegally in some way or make some sort of an illegal deal or even something contrary to the public interest, they would just wait and until they're not working and go meet with someone someplace in a, in a different location when they're not wearing their body camera, make the deal, take the payoff, then come back, put their body camera on, and then just vote in, in a corrupt manner anyway. So I don't think wearing a body camera would solve any of this. Open meetings where things are dealt with in the public. And I think also, just my personal opinion, I think politicians should be subject to extreme financial scrutiny so that virtually all of their financial records should be available to the public, always. It would prevent politicians from taking illegal money because it would make it extremely difficult for them to, to make use of it public disclosure of financial records would um, make it pretty easy at that point to, to figure out who's corrupt and who isn't. Because you, you could see who is on the take. 
Where did that money come from? Where did this deposit come from? Right now, you have to kind of keep an eye on them and look and say, gee, I wonder where they got that Ferrari. And then find some way to prove that there's a paper trail and, uh, and trace it back to them. It's not very easy because financial information is confidential. I think that's really where a better solution would be than forcing people to wear a camera. There are a million different ways that they can get around, you know, video surveillance that is on their body. Also, wearing a body cam, um, it doesn't really shoot the legislator or the member of parliament or the senator or the politician. You're not looking at them. It's pointing out that way. And if it turns around this way, you're shooting their chest. I, I, don't, I don't see how it would work. So I don't, I don't quite get it. I, I just, maybe I'm missing something, but I think there are more effective ways to deal with corruption than that. Also, I just, I don't like to see that kind of um, surveillance imposed on human beings. I'm all about freedom. I, I wouldn't like to have to walk around with, a camera strapped to my chest the whole time I'm at work. Although I have one strapped to my face right here, right now. You guys can see me. And I'm working. I'm working. I'm not slacking off. I wasn't just sitting around with my feet up when the internet connection went black for a couple of minutes. <laughs> so there's that. That's where I stand on it. I don't know. What do you guys think in the chat? Does anybody think that's a good idea to force them to wear body cameras through selftransparency.org? That's what they're proposing over there. Anybody? Anybody? Yes? No? Maybe so? I go over to Rumble and take a look in there. Not a good idea, says Raising Wolves. I don't think it's a good idea either. I think it's a flawed idea. I know what we're trying to get at with it, but no, I'm not, not into that really. I think it's just um, ill-fated, not wouldn't work. And Cornelius seven 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 says it's all retarded. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say I'm not. I don't think it's. I don't think so. So Leo just sent something in here from Windsor. Windsor Police News, or at least Windsor, Ontario, Canada. They've arrested a 65-year-old male in connection with a robbery in, a in the downtown core. So, it says yesterday at approximately 5 p.m., officers were dispatched to the 800 block of Dufferin Place for a report of an assault. When they arrived on scene, they found a 41-year-old female suffering from a stab wound to her face. Officers learned that a male suspect approached the victim demanding money and then subsequently stabbed her. The suspect fled before officers were called. The victim was taken to hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Officers obtained a description of the suspect, and after a brief search, he was arrested in the 600 block of Goyo Avenue. Shortly after 5 p.m., Timothy Bolton is charged with robbery with an offensive weapon, assault causing bodily harm, and failure to comply with a release order. Well, thank you for that, Leo. Appreciate that. And Louie, you sent um, 
You sent a donation. Wow, man, thank you. $50. Amazing. You don't know how much that helps. And Cornelius, 777. Also, a donation, $50 tonight. Thank you. Wow. So grateful. So very grateful. Thank you. Amazing. A lot of people talking about censorship because of this uh, new podcast legislation. It's all related to Bill C-11. So online streamers and podcasters are going to be required to register with um, the CRTC, the Canadian Radio Telecommunications Commission. And it's raising some confusion and a lot of concerns. I'm actually reading a lot of things online, especially from journalists, news outlets in the United States and in other countries who don't really understand what this is about. So not everything I've been reading is quite accurate, but I certainly understand the concern because last Friday, the CRTC announced that online streaming services and podcasting services operating within Canada that make or have revenue of more than $10 million will have to register with the CRTC before November 28th because there are going to be more regulations for podcasting. So this involves providing the legal name of the company, its address, its telephone number, email. So you're registering with them. And they're saying that registration is in their view, a very light burden. Now, there will be additional regulations, but we don't know yet what those regulations will be because as part of the implementation of Bill C-11, which is the Online Streaming Act, which at its core is designed to force social media companies like Google and Facebook and YouTube to give preference to mainstream legacy media outlets and the search engine algorithms and push them up to the top of the search engine results pages or push them up to the top of YouTube search results, etc. That's what Bill, Bill C-11 is primarily about, but there's a whole additional layer of regulations which will come soon, but it hasn't been decided what those regulations are going to be yet. There's a series of public consultations that are, that are taking place. And um, the registration for podcasts, podcasters, is, is something that has been added to this as well. But the registration will just help them identify which are the big companies, the big players, places like, um, or companies like Spotify would fall under this portion of the legislation. And as a result, whatever new regulations come into effect will apply to them. And as I've read the information on this and the actual, uh, the actual bill, it looks to me like where they're going is they're trying to come up with a, a similar framework for regulating online podcasting that broadcasters have to adhere to for television and radio stations. And so what 
that means is they would then take some money. I think they will probably impose fees on these big podcasters or regulations that would say, if you're a big, say it's like the CTV, they have revenue of in excess of 10 million a year, but they're doing podcasts. Well, if they're going to do these podcasts, I think the CRTC will try to force them to open, say, news bureaus in certain communities to provide local news coverage in these communities. And as a result, meet new regulations for Canadian content levels within those particular podcasts. As a trade-off, what these the legacy media companies then get is the preferential treatment in the search engine algorithm. So they get pushed to page one, get pushed to the top page one in search engine results by giving these big mainstream legacy media companies preference overall in the search engines. That ensures that their content will be seen. And it also ensures that their revenue stream will be protected because they will get the bulk of the traffic through page one rankings. But the government will then take a portion of those more enhanced revenues, if you will, or force the company, more accurately, they'll force the companies to use a portion of those enhanced revenue streams to produce content that is Canadian, to produce news content that is Canadian by employing journalists in specific markets. That has worked as a model to some degree on the broadcasting side for television and radio stations. I can tell you that some of the jobs that I had over the years were jobs that were the result of government regulations like that imposed on television networks, where they forced them basically to open a news bureau in a city where probably the broadcaster would not have bothered because they could just beam their signal in there, run primetime television shows, sell ad time around it, and not provide any kind of local news coverage at all that would serve the community. So that's the thinking behind it. Unfortunately, I don't think this will work for the internet. And this attempt to impose those kinds of regulations or, or that kind of framework on the internet will likely result in unintended consequences that will have negative impacts. Most specifically, what they're doing here is that is they're really shifting the ability to make a living, they're shifting the, the revenue stream to the big media outlets. They're guaranteeing that these big media outlets will scoop up the bulk of the revenue online because they'll get the bulk of the views, the bulk of the clips, regardless of how good or um, how good their work is on the journalistic side. They'll get the bulk of the traffic because they're giving they're, they're being given preferential treatment. That will make it more and more difficult for independent journalists to survive. 
to make a living even. And it's already very tough the way that it is. I am, of course, extremely grateful for the donations that we got tonight, man. Wow, that was fantastic. But it's tough out here. And once this takes, uh, takes a firmer hold on the social media infrastructure, it's going to be even more difficult. And I'm already using different techniques to sort of get around the search engine algorithms to get our content out and front and center and in front of people because they're already manipulating the search engine algorithms. This, though, I think is aimed at um, the next step, making sure that there's a, a pool or a, a, a cache of money there that, that the government can either take through some sort of fees or taxation on the bigger companies or force them to spend it in a particular way. In this instance, I'm suggesting they would be hiring, say, journalists to do their work. And that's good for them, good for the journalists that get those jobs, I guess, to some degree. But not so good for the independent people. Not so good for the independents. It'll make it tougher all the way around for them. So... The other thing that we're dealing with right now, of course, is that there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding this because they haven't finished this consultation process. We don't know what the regulations are going to be as a result of this legislation. They're still in process, and I think that we are many months, maybe even a year away from really getting a good handle on where they're going with all this. In reality, in, in, in a larger sense, what we're witnessing here, what we're going through, is the death of the free market on the Internet through a thousand regulations or more regulations within the regulation within the legislation. That's what is happening. It's the death of the free market, the marketplace of ideas. And in a way... It's an assault on free speech as well. It's, um, it takes away people's ability, their right to make a decision. And it's misguided because right now you're watching Canadian content. This is it. This is actually Canadian content. And the government didn't give us any money to produce this. We're just producing it, and you're here watching it because you choose to be. Because what we're producing, you find value in. And that's, what, that's how it should work. These guys should not be online with podcasts and being given preferential treatment over people who receive no government money. Because how are you supposed to compete with that? The only way you can compete is with your brain and your creative talents to produce something that people want to watch. We're, we're trying to do that here every night. But it's easier for those guys because they'll have staff, they'll have all kinds of resources, but then they scoop up the bandwidth, the clicks, the viewers over there because they're, they're cheating, essentially. They get everything, all the advantages are on their side. And then people like us, we have to just rely on you to help us out. But they'll get millions, if not billions of dollars, literally. 
to play with, to do these things. All in the name of Canadian content and protecting or creating jobs. Well, there are already jobs out here. You decide whether you support it or not. This other way, that's government. Total government control. Government decides who wins. Government decides who loses. Government decides who's going to get the the money. The government decides now even who gets to put their content in front of people for consumption. So that's what we're dealing with. And as a result, it is actually a form of censorship as well because they're saying, can't see this. Well, you can, but you're really going to have to search for it. It's as good as saying you're blacklisted. You're over there. You're with the little guys. You don't count. We don't care about you. We care about these big guys over here because they're our mouthpiece. That's the way this is going down. So there is every reason to be concerned about it, even though we won't be affected on the registration side. So it doesn't look like it's going to affect little guys like us. It will in the long run. It isn't about the registration. The registration is just saying, hey, we're a big player. We want to be in on this. Please impose the regulations on us. Because what's happening is this is sort of a reverse way of imposing barriers to entry to an industry. It's a form, it's actually a way of protecting the big online broadcasts, podcasts and broadcasting companies. On the surface, it might look like they're being penalized or that it's a bad thing or a burden on them to register. In reality, it's just the opposite. Yeah, they'll have to produce more content. Yes, they'll be registered. Yes, they'll be subject to more regulations. But then they also get incredible preferential treatment on the other side. So it's a great trade-off for them. And that these are advantages, benefits, which will never be made available to us, ever. So it will end up with the internet being lopsided in the favor of the government and mainstream legacy media, which is actually very hard for someone to wrap their head around. Well, how can that be? Well, this is how they do it. They kind of create this kind of legislation. It looks like it's actually bad for the big players, the corporations, the, you know, the Canadian Broadcast Corporation, CTV, which is another broadcasting company, these big players, Global, Spotify, any of the big companies participating in this. It looks like it's a burden on them, and it isn't at all quite the opposite. I hope that helps you guys understand what it's really all about. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Somebody's in there saying, yeah, you got to make $10 million in the, in the chat. Yeah, good luck. We have a long way to go before we get to 10 million smackers around here, <laughs> that's for sure. But here's uh, an exchange today in the House of Commons, actually. Uh, dealing with exactly this subject. So a little, little bit of this role. And I know there is a lot of, there's keen interest even with our viewers in the United States on this particular issue, this C-11, podcast, Bill C-11 uh, legislation and the podcast registration portion of that, 
I know that there have been many stories circulating online and even through mainstream media in the U.S. about this story. So let's take a look at what happened today in the House. The Honourable Member for Renfrew-Nipissing-Pembroke. Mr. Speaker, the day the Online Streaming Censorship Act was introduced, I was free to produce a live stream video on Facebook warning Canadians about the threat to freedom of speech. The internet gave each citizen the freedom, the power, and the will to become a newscaster, podcaster, or an independent digital creator. For nearly a century, the government and a few powerful media companies controlled the flow of information and money in Canada. A free and open internet represented a threat to the rich and powerful. So on behalf of the rich and powerful, the Liberals took action to crack down on the free and open internet. The online streaming censorship act will force podcasters the Prime Minister doesn't agree with out of Canada. This urge to censor is rooted in a malignant narcissism that views any opposition as intolerable and deplorable. Only Conservatives will bring home a free and open internet. The Honourable Member for Chateau-Gay-Lacolle. Mr. Speaker, today is the 350th anniversary of the city of Chateau-Gay-Lacolle. Okay, so just a little statement there in the House. And, you know, the other thing about all of this is that what you're really witnessing here is um, it's, it's, it's odd because of where the conservatives and liberals used to be positioned on issues like this. They flipped. The liberals are basically supporting the big companies, the big, big powerful companies on the one side. Um, on this issue, the conservatives actually are more supportive of the little guy, us, the people, on this particular issue. On Bill C-18, it's a little more complicated. The conservatives, in a way, have taken the side of both the people and the big companies because Bill C-18 is designed to force the social media giants to pay mainstream legacy media a fee for the use of news content on their platforms. And that, of course, is why we have no news now on Facebook in Canada. That's because Facebook, Meta, decided that they weren't going to comply. So they just, they're just, they just banned all news. And they said it's not worth it to us to have to pay the fees for news. So there just won't be any news. Can't, can't force us, can't make us provide it. And they're actually quite right. Um, without imposing regulations like this, uh, imposing content regulations on social media companies, which they don't have right now, you can't force a company to buy a particular product and then resell it. It's sort of like going to Walmart and saying, you must stock um, the ABC brand of bicycles. You must sell ABC brand bicycles. It's a rule. Um, or, or say that we're, all the ABC bicycles that you sell, we get, uh, you know, 10%. And then Walmart would say, well, we're just not going to sell ABC bicycles then. 
and you couldn't force them to unless you imposed some weird law that said Walmart has to sell ABC bicycles. I think that would be a violation of the company's rights. Not that they have the same kinds of rights as individuals like us, but that's kind of where that would be. So there's a lot to wrap your head around there. What, what kind of powers should a government have when it comes to something like this? What's in the best public interest in a matter like this? Censorship, fees for media, government saying that they're actually going to protect jobs when in fact they're probably doing exactly the opposite. You'll have a bunch of a bunch more independent journalists out there working if you don't give preferential treatment to one person working in the search engine algorithm. And I'll tell you this, even though we don't have anywhere near the resources that the mainstream legacy media has, I'll compete with them any day, go head to head any day for viewers all by myself because the technology has changed so much that it's now actually possible to do that because you can live stream right from any location using data. And that is like having a satellite truck, a satellite TV truck, like we used to use in the 80s and 90s, in your pocket. Those satellite trucks cost a fortune, but now you can do the same thing. And we do it right here with live streams. Leo does it. All the live streamers do it. We do it. I've done it. We continue to do it. You can do it all online, man. With your phone, you can go into the field and do a live broadcast from anywhere. I remember back in the 1980s, we didn't have a satellite truck down in Windsor, Ontario, where I was working in uh, the news bureau there for CTV at the time. And instead, what we had was a microwave transmitter on the top of a, the tallest building in the city. And we had an office in that that building. And to make it look like we had a satellite truck, what, what we did, what it was actually my suggestion to do it this way, is we got very, very long coax cable and we stretched it out way outside onto the street. So we would often do live hits for the 6 p.m. news on the street outside the office. Because back in those days, if journalists were doing live hits for the 6 p.m. or 11 o'clock news, they would be on the streets, you know, and or on a street someplace saying they were reporting from Moscow or Washington or from the nation's capital, Ottawa, Canada. I'm Joe Smith, super reporter. So I said, well, why don't we just, you know, roll this thing out onto the street? And then and then we and we were doing not just live hits, but actually what we would call double enders. They were like look lives where we, we would talk to people in the studio and have like a conversation back and forth so to in order to do that we would monitor it but we'd have to have to take like a television set and bring it out onto the street and set it down in front of well me in this case doing the live hit and i'd sit there and i'd be able to see the anchor on the news desk in, an, in the other city and then we would do the the live hit over the microwave transmitter with you know one of the giant broadcast cameras set up on one of the giant tripods those cameras weighed probably about 60 pounds 65 pounds a pop and uh and that's the way we did it back in in those days and uh it was just a different time a different time 
And you just and when cell phones came along, you there were no there was no video signal from a cell phone, but there was a giant pile up on Highway 401, one of the biggest stories that I ever covered. And uh At the time, they, the, the network wanted to do a live, a look live from the scene, but they couldn't quite figure out how to do it. So I said, well, let's take this cell phone. And they were like the big chunky cell phones. You know, they looked like a giant, I don't know, brick, right, with a handle on it and, the, and a handset. And you'd take the, hand, the handset off, hold it up to your ear. And it was like, yeah, this is Echo Charlie Victor Zebra over, just like, you know, a World War II radio kind of a thing. Anyway, we had those things, and I, I, I said, let's take that, and we'll, we'll put the speaker on, and I'll just talk to the anchor back and forth, and I'll, have, I'll come up with the, the list of questions they can ask, and I'll have the answers already pre-scripted, and I memorize the lines in my head. And so what, what we did is I, I would, like, to make a long story short, this is actually where it went, the, the cell phone thing wasn't working. So I said, let's, I'll memorize it. So I just did it to the camera. I asked the question, I said the line, memorized what the question was going to be, the exact length, set it in my head, and then just gave the answer back. Took it back to the studio, the feed point, sent it back, and then they cut it all together so it looked like it was live. And the, the time gap was exact so that they didn't actually have to do a bunch of edits. And they were able to do it on the fly and get it on the air within seconds. Um, and the, the, the immediacy of the story was very important at the time. So that's kind of how I did that kind of stuff. But different times, different technology. And here's the question to you. Do you think it was ethical to do that? Because at the time, I had real ethical questions about it because... I said, we're not actually live. And even though they didn't put a live thing up in the screen to make to say that it was live, I've always felt like to some degree we were misleading the public because it looked like it was live as though we had a satellite truck, which is what the network wanted to do, but it wasn't actually live. There was a time delay because the technology would not allow us to go live in those days. I don't think that it affected, I know that in my case, I never did anything that really affected the important information or even the context of anything that I was talking about, except of course that there was a time delay on the information that we were conveying to the public. But it was never revealed to the public that we weren't actually live via satellite or microwave transmitter on the air. Anyway, we'll move on folks. Let's take a little break. We'll move on to other news of the day. Too much about me. Didn't mean to ramble on like that. I'll be right back. Greetings, brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals, individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms, credible, trusted, grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. 
Do it now. Tomorrow. Maybe too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. Check the chat. Okay, anybody saying anything? Yeah, yeah, Leo's talking about that crash that I talked about. Yeah, that um that pile up on the 401. He says the fog crash, it was massive. It was. It will always be seared into my memory. It was horrific. A lot of people died. Fog on the 401 and uh, huge pile up. Young girl died. I remember. I remember. I wish I didn't. Um, that was terrible. Uh, What are we going to talk about now? The Republican National Committee facing, I guess, a series of tests on its ability to get these uh, 2024 presidential candidates into continuing to participate or complying with uh, the party requirements for the primary debate process. This is uh, There's a growing outcry among all of the candidates, underlining a push among some of the White House hopefuls and their aides to uh, winnow down the crowded field so that a clear alternative to Donald Trump can emerge. And Trump is obviously still clearly the early front runner in this. And he argues the debate should cease entirely so the party can focus on the general election next fall. Of course he wants the debates to stop because that would cut his opponents off at the knees, take away one of the main tools they have of getting their message out. At least the debates get some public attention focused on them. Without those, a lot of those candidates wouldn't get any attention at all. The media would, I think, primarily focus, uh, or maybe even only focus, on DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy, maybe on Pence a little bit because he's the old VP. And then after that, it would be very, very sparse coverage of the rest, I think. But the, can the, the debates kind of even the playing field, especially for, or level the playing field, for the, um, the, the longer shots, you know. But the RNC has these rules, and um, even they are unhappy with the way that uh, the thing is being run. So amid the disputes, a scheduled person showdown, um, I think tomorrow night between Ramaswamy and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie on Fox News, which broadcast the RNC's first two primary debates, was upended. I'm sorry that we're talking about the one from last Tuesday, was upended after the party objected to the candidates going around them to reach a national televised audience at a separate event. Is that right? Did I get that information right from that? Yeah. 
So the party threatened to exclude the two from all future debates, including the third set for Miami coming up on November 8th if they participated with the original format of the event. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. Fight, 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 fight. Trump ain't going. He's polling nationally about 40 points ahead of DeSantis, his, his closest rival. And collectively, all the other candidates are at about 37.5%. Trump is at 554 that's a pretty big gap. They're going to have a hard time catching him. If that's even possible, I don't know. Anyway, enough of that. What about RFK Jr.? Well, he is getting ready to run as an independent from all signs. In fact, I can tell you that tonight, Lori has... Uh, a Twitter Spaces or an X Spaces conference thing going on later on this evening. I think starting around 9. Um, maybe earlier than that. Not sure. 8.30? 9? Something like that. Um, I think she's going to deal with some other subject first. Oh, yeah, an update on the guy who is charged in the... Um, RFK possible assassination thing with the guns in L.A. Just got some information on that tonight, too. Anyway, a super PAC supporting Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has begun polling his support as an independent. And um, it looks like it's uh, pretty favorable that way. So it looks like he's, um, he's giving serious consideration, and I think he's going to announce that he is going to run as an independent. But what the fact PAC found in its survey is that um, he would actually pull more support away from Donald Trump than Joe Biden. I don't think that should surprise anybody. It doesn't surprise me at all. I could have told you that without the polling. That's because both of those candidates today I would describe as populists, not as Democrats or Republicans. Either one of them, they're populists. And the base of support overlaps. So yeah, he'll absolutely pull support from Trump if he runs as an independent candidate. And I don't think that, um, I don't think they're looking at it quite the right way. A lot of these people who are trying to analyze all of this. If I were Kennedy, I would, I would run as an independent, but you know what I would do? I would market myself as a Kennedy Democrat. And I'd put that all over everything. And I would just hammer on that. I'm a Kennedy Democrat. I'm a Kennedy Democrat. Create your own party brand using the Democrat name without infringing on the copyright. But call yourself what you really are, which is a Kennedy Democrat slash populist. Drop the populist name, but just promote yourself as a Kennedy Democrat. He could win with that. Anybody that runs as an independent in the U.S. for the presidency, almost impossible to win. But not in this case. There is a path to victory there. That's because if he promotes himself, markets himself as a Kennedy Democrat, offering himself as a Kennedy Democrat candidate that can appeal not just Democrats, 
but also to moderate Republicans and populists, he could actually win the presidency as an independent candidate. If he just presents himself as an independent and doesn't wrap himself in that kind of branding, he'll have extreme difficulty. But branding himself as a Kennedy Democrat will, in the minds of the people, allow them psychologically to vote for him because people tend to vote for brands, Coke or Pepsi, Republican or Democrat, Democrat or Republican. Oh, I can, I can now allow myself to vote for RFK Jr. because he's a Kennedy Democrat. And he's teaching the party a lesson and actually democratizing the process by running as a candidate Democrat against a Democrat candidate, Joe Biden, giving me a choice that I otherwise would not have because the process of selecting the candidate within the DNC itself as the party is corrupt. And because the system is cooked and the deck is stacked against him and he knows it just like it was stacked against Bernie Sanders, he's removing himself from that process and the party and saying, hey, if I'm elected, I'll run my government like a Kennedy Democrat. And he'd reach across the aisle over here and pull some of that, and pull some of this, and it would also allow him to bring in, I would say, even people like Tulsi Gabbard as a running mate, which would be a powerful ticket. And he might be the first to overcome the obstacles preventing or making it very difficult for an independent to actually win the presidency. That's how I'd do it. Let's see what he does. Let's see what... Um, let's see what his campaign team does with it. Um, what else do we have for you? Yes, Detroit's automakers laying off thousands of non-union employees. Um, this as they continue to deal with uh, their standoff with striking members of the United Auto Workers. So Ford has furloughed 330 workers in Chicago and uh, Ohio, adding to the 600 workers laid off last month at an assembly plant in Wayne, Michigan. GM reported a 21% increase in sales for its third quarter earnings. And yet they've laid off more than 2,100 workers across four states. Stellantis, which is the parent company of Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, has idled nearly 370 workers, including 68 workers in Perrysburg, Ohio. On October 29th, the UAW expanded its nearly three-week-old strike targeting GM's Lansing Delta Township assembly plant in Delta, Michigan, which manufactures the Chevy Traverse, the Enclave from Buick, and uh, workers at the uh, Ford Chicago plant make the Explorer and Lincoln Aviator. So automakers say these furloughs and layoffs are a result of the UAW strike, which has now entered its third week. Automakers say a lengthy strike will lead to more layoffs, not just for them, but probably, definitely, at uh, auto supply, manufacturing facilities, and I would say probably even at uh, warehouses, and it'll set off a chain reaction that will continue to grow 
all through the supply chain and the manufacturing facilities. So apparently there are 2,400 supplier employees that have been laid off, according to Ford's um, executive team. And if the strike is prolonged, an estimated 325,000 to 500,000 employees could be laid off. The UAW has criticized the auto company's moves to lay people off with Union Chief Sean Fain saying last month that the big three are using the layoffs as a tactic to put the squeeze, this is a quote from him, put the squeeze on our members to settle for less. And as you know, they're asking for really substantial increases in wages. Money is the issue, along with um, benefits. The UAW's demands include a 36% pay increase, 36% over four years, annual cost of living adjustments, pension benefits for all employees, greater job security restrictions on the use of temporary workers, and a four-day work week, along with a wage hike. The union also wants the automakers to eliminate a two-tiered wage system the companies adopted after the 2008 financial crash. So the automakers say that they have made reasonable counteroffers, arguing that the UAW's wage and other demands would make it hard to compete with other car manufacturers. No doubt about that. Anyway, the talks have not stalled both sides saying that they are open to further negotiations, so at least they're willing to get back to the table. We can cross our fingers and hope for a speedy resolution to this, because it will have a definite negative impact on the economy, which, if it drags on, will begin to impact other industries, other workers, average people as well. Okay, hang on. I'll be right back. Don't go away. The New World Order Government Overreach The Great Reset Mainstream Media Lies Now more than ever, independent voices are needed. Donate now, at FreedomReporters.com That's FreedomReporters.com Maverick News The Antivirus Program For Your Mind Okay, hang on, just one more little, uh, we'll run this here while I just get one more thing queued up, hang on. We are Mavericks. We say no to the Trudeau and Biden New World Order. And to bugs. Because bugs are creepy and gross. And people should not eat bugs. Maverick News. The world is watching. Hey, no! It's Okay, so 
I don't I don't, I don't even really want to talk about this stupid convoy stuff. I don't know, you guys probably have seen what happened there. Um Do you want me to run it? Do you want me to talk about it? You tell me. I, I You tell me. You you want you want to talk about want me to talk about it? I'll just look in the chat here. About what happened there and where we're at and what's going on. Celtic Love says no. Anybody else want me to... Because I, I, I see people talking about it in the chat. Um, I'm just kind of like... I'm, I'm kind of like just... Tired of it all. Yes or no, yes or no, yes or no. Yes, no, yes. Tarface says yes. Show it for kicks. <laughs> Celtic Love says no again. No. Raising Wolf says yes. More yeses than no so far. Annecy says she found out what happened. Hmm. <laughs> Leo says yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 he says. Run it. Yes, no, no. Ragnacar, yes, show it, yes, see, yes. <laughs> oh, man. No, Celtic Love keeps voting. I don't know, how many votes does Celtic Love get? One or multiple? Yes, yes, people want to see it. Let's see the insanity. <laughs> it says, if you can, show a cannibal. Cannibal the Musical. Yeah. All right, I'll run it. Don't say I didn't warn you. Don't say I didn't warn you. And I'll, I guess I'll comment on it. Where did I put it? I've got it over here. It is here. Hang on. This is so stupid. If I could just... Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay. You ready? <sighs> oh. All right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
What do you guys think of that? What do you think of that? Okay, so this they had a fight, eh? And uh, this fight, this is what it resulted in that, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, ride him, cowboy. <laughs> oh, my. What do we got here? Gina says, laugh out loud. Covers eyes. No, no, no. What a crock. Yeah. What a crock. Yeah. Hold my beer. Yeah. Yeah. Not too well organized, says Larry. A warm pudding. I'll go over to Rumble and look in the chats there. So we've got uh, some people that I thought were cool are not. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's right. Anyone have anything nice to say ever? Uh-huh. That's exactly right. Better than the trailer park boys in Sunnyvale, says Pie, Pie Master 15. Pathetic turd, says Celtic Love. Hosers, eh? That's Jeremiah Bullfrog. PDS 10. And these are the people that are taking us to the prom. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's only taken half a year or longer <laughs> for people to come around uh, and see what this is really, what, what the problem is here. Okay. This is what I was talking about when everything was going down in Winnipeg. Guys, this is it. This is the plan. <laughs> this is the plan. These, these are the people who want to form your next government. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, give them a chance, <laughs> right? But, yeah, no, mm -mm, no, bad idea. These are not the people. These are not the people. I'll tell you, there's something fishy about the whole thing, though. Got to say. Something doesn't feel right about it. Can't quite put my finger on it. Something's missing. Mm -hmm. This ain't over. I don't think. Uh, they're a pretty determined bunch. I think they're still out there. In spite of that happening last night. In spite of this uh, this fighting. I can run a little bit of the fight, I guess. I didn't, I didn't really want to talk about this tonight. And uh, they phoned me, actually, today. And asked if they could come on the program. Yeah, I'll interview anybody, sure. Come on. Program, we'll talk about it. They want to explain this, I guess. So they can explain it if they want to, but then they 
haven't called back. So they didn't, uh, even though they made the request, they didn't uh, take, uh, didn't, haven't made use of that yet. Although they were, I think, thinking of doing this tomorrow night. I said, well, let's just do it right now. I mean, what else are they doing anyway? They're just sitting in a field camping out. But here's, here's a video from yesterday. This is how the fight went down, the argument that started everything. So they start arguing. If you listen to the, this, they start arguing about what they're there fighting against or slash for or what it, like they can't agree or so it sounds anyway. So here, listen. We can't let Trudeau off the hook yeah. for what yeah. happened yeah. Last, last time, guys. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah these guys the are taking over. It answer. wasn't save the children. He put our truckers in jail. Save the country. We need to save the and country, country. Hey. and make democracy happen. All right. Our government is in Exactly where we are. We have nothing to hide here. We want to be transparent with the people of Canada. We stand for all humanity. We're standing here for the children. That's what we're here for, for all children. And for oh. Trudeau for treason, guys. Don't forget. We're not letting Trudeau stand for the people yeah. come in. There, ne there, there, needs, there needs to be... Hey, guys, hey, guys. Hey, guys. Everyone will have their turn to talk, please. We have to Everyone save have their the turn. country. Listen, you're going to have to go if you're going to keep going. We can't let Trudeau off the hook yeah. for what yeah. happened last time, guys. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah these guys the are taking over. It wasn't save the children. He put our truckers in jail. Save the country. We need to save... The country and hey. make democracy happen. All right. Our government is in Exactly. Hmm. 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 <laughs> hmm. Yeah? Hmm. What do you make of that? What do you make of that? Are they really fighting over that, Duff? Are they really fighting over that? Yeah? Really? Yeah? Really? So at this point, they're fighting over whether they're saving the children or saving country I smell something it's a little bit fishy <laughs> mm. should I call him should I call him should I call him up They called here earlier, eh? And they said, can we come on the show? Do you want me to phone them up? Yeah, what are we doing We're here in the chat? Yes, Rick? Yeah, call them. I can call them, see if they want to talk to or not. Um, yeah, it's right here. Let me get, let me dial him up. See if he wants to come on.
Hello, it's it's Rick calling you back. We're live on the air, just to let you know. Did did you want to do this tonight or or do you, or not? Do you want to do it another night? Do you want to do it tomorrow or tonight? Uh, tomorrow is going to go better because tonight I'm still at the campground. I don't have really a much internet. They cut it, cut it, cut it. It's going to fuck up your show. But tomorrow, seven o'clock, I'll be home. Okay. All right. You're going home tomorrow. You're not staying like, there? It's just me. I live 40 minutes away. Oh, like, I not, see. I live 20 minutes from Ottawa, but our campground's about 40 minutes from Ottawa. I see. But d didn't these other guys want to do it as well? I thought all of you were uh, something. There's Tula that has a little grudge. There's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ron Clark has a little grudge. Freedom George has a little grudge. The only one, uh, Big Bear doesn't have a problem. Uh, there's a couple of people that are, uh, I'm like, let go of the past. But if you base yourself on the past, you'll never fix the future in front of you. Okay, right, that's yeah. that's one fact. The guy is a journalist. He's gonna try to push on certain button to see if you're lying, to see if it's true, to see. That's his job. Thank you. Yeah, okay? that's he right. He needs to push these button. Look, I went on his show. I talked to Deb the other day. I just that tonight. I was saying I went in his show. You know what was the debate of that show? The swastika. <laughs> That's right, yeah. See, imagine this, though. You went on this show with the swastika. Yeah. Yeah. We went. We did. I did it. Yeah. I went through. And at the end, he's like, I understand the image. I understand everything. But at the end, he's like, I wouldn't really be part of it because it's not whatever. But That's right. at least we had a discussion. Precisely. You cannot be having a grudge on someone for doing his job as a journalist. Thank you. you okay? I cannot judge you for this. And I say, the best thing you can do is to counterattack the attack that comes on you. Anybody that attacks you, it's the, your counterattack that makes the final thing. If you attack me, blah, 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 then I respond calmly and I respond and I, I defend the fact and I go, oh, okay, you, you did your job as a uh, uh, a guy that answered questions for a news reporter. Yeah. If the news reporter press button and you activate the you look like a clown. Not him, you. Because his job is to push these kind of buttons. Your job is to answer or to to to, to counterattack another way. But it's not by yelling and having a grudge and saying, no, I don't want to be on the show. Right. At the end, you're doing your job, and I know you're doing your job. And you're, but if I were you, next week, try to come another one. I'm telling you, you may have some good footage. Okay, okay. you may have some. We have seven campgrounds. Okay, full, over 250, 300 cars with four people in the car, campers, trailers, buses. Okay. I, All right. <laughs> it's it's not been on the news too much, right? You didn't see it uh -huh. too much. You did now, because we keep it like this. We're not out yet. People say, "Why aren't you out?" Why? Just I'm I'm cautioning you too yet. because you are on the air right now because I'm I'm okay. like doing the show and I'm just calling okay. you, so I'm just making you aware. Um, okay. 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 Like I say, it's it's this, but people that listens to this, you have to understand. If you're a Canadian, you'll make something good. Yeah. You'll lift your butt out of your chair and you'll come and join us. Not because you want to be a freedom fighter or you think, no, it's not about us. It's about you defending the next generation up ahead that's making the good thing. 
Okay? We are here. We are almost ready. But we will, we will do things the right way this time. We're not here to block street. We're not here to come and have a party. We're not here to blow fireworks. We're not here to disturb the city of Ottawa. We're here to come in in the morning and to come and have supper at night in our campgrounds outside right. Ottawa. So we come in the morning, we leave at night. We come in the morning, we leave at night. And yes, we will stand on Wellington. If all the sidewalks on Wellington and the, the hill is all full and the Supreme Court is all full, I'll make sure that at the end, everything is clean. We go back in our cars, we get out. We'll be parked by six o'clock in the morning, each and single morning. And then next week, by the end of next week, we will make a news conference publicly for what are our demands and why are we here. But we need the numbers. Till we achieve our numbers, we are not moving from our campgrounds. So we're waiting for everybody to arrive. We will not move before we have the numbers. And once we have the first day of numbers, the second day is going to be bigger. The third day is going to be bigger. Why? Because people's going to look at it and they want to be part of it. Okay? We're okay. doing this of our own heart. We're not doing this because we want to do it. We don't have a choice to do it. We don't have a choice. This leadership is corrupt to the bone. He sends millions of dollars outside our country while we have 350,000 homeless. We have an opioid crisis. Who makes the opioid? Uh, the WHO. Uh, you understand? It's all about this. It's time for us Canadians to uncorrupt this land to make sure that we put our First Nation into the leadership of this country. We put them apart and it's their land. I'm not saying we'll be slaves to them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we have to be both boats needs the First Nation boat. Our boat needs to go and be equal one beside the other we don't go faster than the other one the other one doesn't go faster than the other one we keep it safe and we keep it respectful and we keep it one beside the other and we lead this we need to go back to the roots okay we need to go back to what is real having good food to eat not having tons of chemtrails in the in the scare and in, uh, in the in the air and everything the water nuclear waste in your ottawa river nuclear waste in your ottawa river do you know how many people go get their water from this do you know it's incredible yeah. and we accept it and we accept it again and at the end that's the thing where we're coming back we don't have a choice it's not because we want to it's because we don't have a choice this is what we need to do this is the life we need to defend. I want my kid to live in a beautiful country with beautiful land, with beautiful trees, with beautiful karma, kids educated. Why are we paying for education? It just makes the, the next generation way more smart and way more intelligent and way more possibility to resolve issues if we have a more intelligent nation at the end. Okay? It's not because you're poor that you shouldn't get educated. It's not because you're rich that you should get educated. You should get educated because it's the way to go. It's Canada the way to raise the next generation. But that's not it. People are not arriving. People are choosing between having a roof or eating a meal. So this goes beyond saving the children. 
Yeah, oh, it's to save a lot of things. Save the children is the, the, the and we're trying to make a new flyer because it's more than save the children, like you just said. We're trying to make a new flyer, everyone together, because right now it's not one idea, it's not one leader, it's not, uh, uh, how can I say, it, it, there's no really a much of a plan. There's a, a basic briefing uh, kind of sketch. But again, everybody here, one person, one vote. And that's how we do this. Okay? We don't, nobody takes the decision. Every one of us takes the decision. That's how we work this time. Okay? There's no blocking street. There's no illegal things. That, yesterday, we have that guy. Wow. Okay, that arrives. We're doing our first live ever of this event. Where me, Big Bear, uh, Ron Clark, uh, Freedom George, uh, uh, Norman Brasfield, me, uh, I, I don't know, the, the, oh, the doctor, there's a doctor. We have special field doctors that made some study and things like this. We want the National Inquiry, uh, Citizen Inquiry final report to be able to be public. Right now, they're blocking them of a year in jail if ever they publish it. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. So those are things like this that we want to resolve. Yes, there is some side effects. There was. There still are. You have something called turbo cancer. That just came out a couple of weeks ago. Turbo cancer. People getting cancer three, four mm -hmm. places in their body at the same time. Yeah. Okay? Well, listen, um, you know, I, I don't want to go down that, that road yeah. too much here because we're on YouTube and they don't like that. No, um, no, no, no. It's just, yeah. you know, those are all the steps. Like, you have mm -hmm. a brief flow of everything we're here for at the end. We want to resolve the lying of the country. We want to address the lying of this country. We want an honest, true country. That's what we want. That's why we're here. That's why we won't give up, we won't quit, we won't go away. We're staying here. Everybody here are staying till we are free. And we will do it legally, peacefully, honorably. Now it's for people. Some people brought food. Some people brought water. Some, someone just dropped eight cords of, uh, of wood to burn. Uh, we have people bringing in their trailer that they, they wanted to store for the winter. They came and put it here and say, use it as what as you want, please take care of it. This is the new breed. It was something before. We'll never go back there. This so this is a, a this so is quite an altered plan from what we were um, told was coming. So instead of doing something in Ottawa, you're going to camp out at this location you're at, or these locations, yeah. and and just stay there until the government gives you what you want. Is that basically no, no, we're it? Not staying here. What we do once we have the numbers, all the parking, all the seven places are full, then. We're going to go in the morning, 6 o'clock on Monday morning. Let's say, I'm not saying it's going to be Monday morning, but I'm saying, let's say, Monday morning, we go there. We feel all the sidewalks, all the Parliament Hill. We feel everything in front of Willington Street till the Supreme Court. And we make noise with our mouth, no horns, no nothing, with our mouth. Okay? And we stand one close to the other. We feel it that you cannot pass anywhere on the sidewalks almost. Mm -hmm. Okay, and once you do this, after that, at night, we go out, we come back, we come and eat, ready in five minutes, about five, ten minutes. Are you ready to leave? Yeah, five, ten minutes, I think. 
because we have to go get two fridge and the, the DJ equipment and everything. What, you and me? Tonight? Right, no, man, not tonight. Tomorrow before we come. Yeah. I don't want to go to bed too late. That's why. Yeah, no, me neither, yeah. Yeah. It's almost 9. 30. yeah. So what we want to do, that was just freedom, George. Mm. So um, like I say, it's just, we want to do something, right? There's a way to do things. I don't know what's the pe- special way to do things, but I know one thing. With violence, destruction, uh, aggression, insult, vulgar, uh, the F.U. Trudeau, the things like this, the jamming of the city, the annoying of every, uh, of every citizen of Ottawa. This is not the right way to do things. It's not this way. This time we come, we pay our ticket, we pay our parking for the day. We go early in the morning, before 7 o'clock, by even 6.30, everything is full. When people arrive in the morning to go to work, they see us. Okay? And after that, a couple of days after, let's say on Monday, on uh, Thursday, we're going to have a news conference, public news conference. But before that day, we won't say anything. We'll just show up, make our noise, get out. That's it. Peacefully, honorably, respectfully, all legally. There's nothing illegal about this. We're not making any blockades. We're not destroying anything. We're not putting music. We're standing. That's how we're going to do it. Okay, so what about... So so you're, you're putting to bed this whole other plan that was revealed in that Veterans for Freedom video where they... We're not with them. That's all we gone now, right? We associate ourselves from this movement. Veterans for Freedom decided that they wanted to do things differently, more aggressively, and mm-hmm. things like this, we are not part of this. Okay, you cannot be willing to be saying, save the children and destroy this to add it. Doesn't make sense. It's a completely nonsense. Okay, we have a plan. If they want to know what's the plan, they have to come in our circle to see. Okay? If you're not in their circle, you won't know. You won't get it. You won't have any information. We're not putting it on the internet. We're not putting it nowhere. You have to be here to know the information. That's it. That's how we keep our things a little bit more private. That's why people say, oh, but hey, where are you? What are you doing? That's what we're doing. Okay, because we're against a World Economic Forum, the WHO, a leadership that is minded on a dictation of control and everything. Uh, corruption everywhere, sure. the food that's all injected with all sorts of products just to make more money. And at the end, all this nonsense, so we need to address it. I, your, your name just escapes me at the moment. I'm sorry, what was your name again? Matt Venn. Matt? Mathieu Venn. Matt, was it? Yeah, Mathieu Venn. M-A-T-H-I-E-U Venn, V-E-N-N-E, on right. Facebook. Yeah, that's right. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to speak with me here on the phone. And, and yeah, we can, we can absolutely do, you know, do more tomorrow. Uh, so yeah. I'll be in touch with you through the day. I'll get yeah. you a link, and we'll get you on the show, and we'll do a, a proper yeah, interview, perfect. live stream, and, time, uh, and we'll man. talk Thank more. Thank you for your time. Thank oh. you to have taken the time to, 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 to bring us in a little bit. Because you see the information that you had mm-hmm. was completely false, was completely the inverse of what we're doing. We're not there to do this. It's not the way to go. The day you destroy one thing, you shoot, you shoot yourself right in the foot. Okay? The day you put uh, aggression or anything like this, shoot yourself on the other foot. 
then you, you address the city of Ottawa, shoot yourself in the knee. After a while, you're just shooting yourself and you're not gaining anything except your own destruction as a human being. So that's not what we want, right? right. It's not the way to go. It's not the way to, to solve this. What we need is the numbers. What we need is millions of people coming in in the morning, leaving at night. Coming in in the morning, leaving at night. Coming in in the morning, leaving at night. That's going to stress enough. We don't need more than this. That's it. That's what we need. That's it. That's all. What are you going to do? Block out everything because we're coming for the day for a walk? What's wrong with this? What's illegal about this? What's wrong about Canada Day? But Canada Day on and on and on and on. That's another story. That's what that's what's annoying you a little bit. Yes, but at least we're going legal. We don't want to end up like Tamara Lynch, Freedom, uh, Pat King, and uh, Chris Barber, or the the four boys in school, in Coops that are still in jail. Mm-hmm. Okay, we don't want to go there. That's not the plan. But the only way not to go there is to respect the city. It's to respect everyone. It's to respect the citizens, the police officer, the minister, everybody around. But we want some accountability for what they did. If I would have did this, I would be in jail. How come they're not? That's the thing we're wondering. That's the thing we want some answers to. So on this, I wish you all the best, okay, my friend. And uh, anytime you want to call me, you got my phone number, call me, put me, whatever. Sometimes we can do a video if uh, I have good internet and things like that. If not, I'll talk to you like this and we can go from there. All right, and and thank you for understanding what my job is. Your job is this. You're doing a great job, my friend. Thank you. You have to push those buttons in life. If you don't push it, you don't have the right answer. But it's too bad that the the news reporter we have on the big companies like CTV, Radio Canada, CBC, doesn't push those buttons. Because if they would do, the population would maybe have the truth or some sort of a truth. But they don't. They let it go. They ask a good question they want, so they look good and they look professional and they look ethical while it's all the, the other side that goes in. It's all corruption, mm-hmm. lying, uh, everything that you want to come with it. But thank you. Anyway, like I say, I wish you a great night, my friend. And the next couple of weeks, we are not leaving. It's our second day really here. But we prepare it a little bit before they arrive. But it's really our second day uh, in the campgrounds. They're almost all full, but we still need a little bit more people here to really affect what's coming up. You really have that many? I mean, I've from the oh, videos that I've seen and people telling me stuff, they're, they're saying that you don't have very many people left. Is that oh incorrect? Our parkings are full. We just didn't see, show the video yet. Our parkings are completely full. There's one parking, the, the main parking, because we want to leave a little bit more place mm-hmm. so we can, you know, go in and out because whatever, you know, the big heads of this movement are all here. And uh, like I say, we're keeping this one a little bit more uh, available so people can move, but all the rest are completely full. We're looking for at least three or four more parking somewhere, uh, someplace, so they can go and park outside Ottawa on a field in a parking somewhere from somebody as a news or something like this that they could uh, offer their parking lot or whatever outside Ottawa for us to park. Mm-hmm. But, okay. And I, 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 have to be on, I have to be honest with you, Matthew. I've got people in the chat right now uh, saying that you're lying. 
Oh, I'm not lying at all. Okay. Zero lying. Zero lying. Okay, we're looking for plates now. Okay, Nova Scotia mm -hmm. didn't even arrive yet. Okay, we had uh, maybe half of Quebec that uh, that may not even half of Quebec, a quarter of Quebec that has arrived and everything is almost full. Wait till Ontario, Toronto, everybody jumps that year. You'll see that it's going to be a different thing now. Right. Okay, but we'll yeah. do it legally. People, we will. And we swear that we won't be the aggressor. We will only stand on our own two feet on the sidewalks. That's what we're here to do for now. Okay, after that, we, we have a couple of other legal acceptable things we can go and put pressure on. Okay, but again, you won't have the final plan. Okay. You understand? That's the way to get That was the wrong plug. Um, like I say, it's just... How can I say? It's just not acceptable. The things that are do, uh, happening right now, we need to change it. We're taking our time this time. We're not going fast. We're not going crazy. We're going when it's the right time. If it's another two days for people to arrive, we'll wait another two days. When we are fully full, this is when we're going to move. And we won't move on weekends. Weekends, people feel free to do whatever you want. What we want is the weekdays. Okay, when the, the, the minister, politician, and everybody's there. That's what we want. These are who we want to address. Okay? Uh -huh. And uh, the, final uh, the final report, we need to deposit the Supreme Court so they can say it can be published. That's what we want. That's another big, 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 huge thing. But after that, you may have two, the, the, the First Nation Treaty and things like that that may... If they ever they want to join and they ever they want to participate, that we'll we'll put into like there's we are addressing a lot of big issues in this country. Okay, I don't know how far it's gonna go. I don't know how it's gonna go because you don't have a crystal ball. We had that crazy guy that decided to grab his car and try to run on us. If he would have left on the other side, we wouldn't have any problem. He, his direction was in the camp. He took his car and he began going by the camp. That's why the guys jump on the on the on the hood of that car and then he was like going fast so he's like stop stop and he bangs on, on the window and then he put it was not a good thing it was not on both sides the, the guy could have left no problem nothing would happen boom good end the guy went in front of the car because he didn't want them to run he didn't know the guy the guy was excited whatever he didn't want the guy to run into the people then the punch in the window, was it too much? I believe so. But again, listen, it's done, it's done. We cannot go back. The guy uh, said, okay, I'll take care of it. I'm as much responsible as what you guys are. His wife came back today and talked to someone and blah, blah, blah. Because now he's like, I don't want to be kicked out of everything. And but at the end, what you did was unacceptable. You, you were in a broadcasting of our first live and you couldn't put yourself right in front and begin talking and that's a disrespect to my eyes to the the, the, the biggest uh, amount of uh, level you can get but i have to i have to be honest with you matthew like the first and like i i, I have no way to know one way or the other but when i saw the video of that the first thing that came to my mind was that it was bad acting that it was like fake or something like what? it was staged, right? Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. Okay, us too, we think that, but we don't have the proof that it was staged. 
but it was really looked like it was staged. It looks totally fake to me. Exactly. It looks like everybody's acting. The guy who, like, why did the guy get in front of the car anyway? Like, they, they, the guy yeah, was leaving. Was the, the car was in direction of the people where they were eating. That was our sitting area, our... Uh, our can and like the way the campground was did we we changed it today just because of this because we're too scared we have to put protection on things like that if ever some crazy people would do more things like this so i hope not okay i hope uh -huh. that people of canada can understand that they can leave us alone for now we don't need more stress we don't need more action we don't want more action we're not here to disturb we're respecting the city so please do the same thing to us let us do our thing let us work, and we will not, well, at least we'll know. The only thing maybe that's going to be a little bit destructive is we will come pay our parking for our car for the day, and we'll leave it there at 5 o'clock. We're out back uh -huh. to the campsite. Okay? That may be the only thing. The availability so, of the, the you know, parkings in Ottawa. Well, like I, I, just some of the stuff in the argument, the way the whole thing went down, it just didn't seem to make sense to me. Uh, I, people are upset about it. I, whatever. I just don't understand why they were. You guys were even arguing about whether you were saving the country or saving the children. It, it just didn't make sense to me, and it, it just. It's just you need to see. Okay, to save the children, you need to save the land first. If you don't save the land, you cannot save the children. Do you understand what I'm saying by that? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> it just it just came off like a bad. Just yeah, but it was a million men. Okay, it was supposed bad to start acting. on the twenty of uh, uh -huh. the twenty of uh, September. Okay, yeah. that was the original starting date for us. Okay, that's yeah. what we wanted to start our. Uh, whatever, our event on. But with the Adrian thing and everything and that, whatever, people didn't want it, people wanted it, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of screwed up the beginning of that of that thing. Once Adrian was out and everything, then the other people, okay, he's out, let's go. Oh, then he wanted to come back in. Do you understand? Uh -huh. Some people were not for that image just like you. Right. Okay, that image affected a lot of people. This image... I, I understand it because I wanted to learn a little bit about it. But again, it was too aggressive for Canada. It was too aggressive for a country like ours. Okay? Or it was not maybe the right time at the beginning to pop this out. Maybe if you have, that's your really, like you have a problem or you want to, well, then maybe. But again, you have to explain. When you explain, everybody could wear it. Like any black man that I explained this thing would wear the shirt. No problem. Okay? Yeah. But the thing is, you need to explain it each time they well, see it. I mean, so that thing is divisive, uh, too. You know, the other thing is, like, people are asking, some people are asking, like, why should we trust anything these guys say when they basically got caught um, with, a, with a plan that involved violence and weapons and now they're okay. denying that they're going to do anything like that. So okay, why should anybody caught? believe veterans it? Veterans for freedom, right? Right. Okay, veterans for freedom, right? Yep. They got caught with this. Why is Freedom Fighter Canada blamed with this? Why is a Million Buttons March are blamed with this? Why does my body, my choice is blaming this with it? The veterans for freedom wanted to do this. Go see them. 
Apollo wanted to do this. A guy named Apollo wanted to do this. Go see him. There's a guy in Quebec yo, that made insults on me and Adrian. Uh -huh. Okay, today where is he? He's in jail. He got caught for uh, the, uh, uh, bad comments on the Legault and Trudeau. Okay? Uh -huh. Threats on them. Now he's in jail. Okay? We are not this. We are not going this way. We don't care about going this way. It's a nonsense. You'll see. Because, like, I don't know everything. if these guys that you're down there with realize this or not, but you know, just planning the overthrow of a government and then. It's not to overthrow. It, but, but, but planning, but, but the, the plan that it was, the plan that was, was broadcast in that recording, just that alone is a crime. You understand that, right? Yeah, but that's why we're not part of it. That's why we okay. don't want to be there. Yeah. That's why we didn't approve uh -huh. veterans for food in for what they did. Yeah. I do not care. I do not care about this. This is not our breed. Uh -huh. This is not us. Because anybody that truth, was the truth, like, I told you exactly you know, the truth. Yeah. No okay. Aggression. Were you at, Were no you in? Were you in that meeting with those guys? Nope. No. We We saw it just like you on the internet. It took half an hour before we, we got our hands basically on it. As soon as he gets it, we desaturate from it. We're See, because I'd, I'd been hearing plans like that uh, from people for a long time. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd spoken to other people about it. I wasn't, but I to me, it sounded so crazy. And because I, I just didn't know what the hell to believe. But it's pretty clear that some people pretty serious about it and yep, it looks like some want. people were, tr were, were trying to procure message. weapons yeah and, exactly and that's what they want to destroy the movement yeah who are they who wants to push this how come he said those things first of all how can you say those things on the net on the news on anything knowing that it's going to stay forever knowing that you may have charge that, you understand what I'm saying? The, the, the guys say, look at this pig. This is Lego. Look at this pig. This is Trudeau. And um, after that, he says, uh, tomorrow they're going in that, in that cage over there and they're going to get uh, killed and put in meat. That's what he says. Mm -hmm. That was similar to, it's not a death threat, but, he, you know, he gave the name of one pig and the other pig at Trudeau. Well, and the other one, Lego. Okay, but it's kind of, and then he says, like, he, they're going to go and get chopped off. But it's not a threat because it's a pig that you say that he's getting chopped up. But it's still the meaning of, you know, the violence. Yeah. Don't bring any violence. You bring violence, stay home. Don't come. We don't want you. You have nothing to do with us. The second you have violence, aggression, destruction, you're out of this movement. We'll mm -hmm. put you out. We see you doing this. We'll put you on the ground and wait for the police to come and arrest you and put you the anchor. That's what we'll do. We're not here for this at all. Not one bit. Okay? Blocking sidewalks, filling the Parliament Hill, filling the land in front of the Supreme Court, making noise with our mouth. That's it. That's our action. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's how we start this. It's legal, right? There's nothing illegal about this, right? There's nothing bad about this, right? Mm -hmm. It's annoying, yes, it's annoying, yes, yes, but it's not illegal. That's why we're playing this. That's how we are. That's why we're going this way.
Well, you know, Freedom George, yes, there was a plan that involved violence. He admitted that, but now it's changed. It's true. Look, yeah. there's one, right? There is a plan of the Veterans for Freedom, right? Bye-bye. There's a, a plan that they, they, they divulgate, right? That they put on the net to, to, to stress everybody out, mm -hmm. okay? But that's their plan. That's their event. That's their pile of poo-poo they want to go in. So okay? you're saying it was Veterans for Freedom that planned that? That way. It's not us. We have nothing to do with that. We never said that. I'm on a meeting call. Okay. Um, like I say, we have nothing to do with this. None. Zero. He planted this. He said those things. Not us. We don't care about this. It's not the way we'll fight this. We, we, my friends here has been to prison for a thing that they've been peaceful with. You think that we want to go back? You think we want to go in a six by eight cell? Never. Not once. Nothing's good about this. You won't get any results with this. Hmm. The only way you can win this is with your heart, with the truth, with the honest, with the, 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 the will, with the, 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 the force you have, and the rest doesn't matter. You could break everything in the city of Ottawa. What would that bring you? Heat, arrest, uh, jail time. Uh, court fees, court, uh, lawyers' fees. Uh, you understand? It, 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 there's no way out in this. Why would you fight like this? So why do you it, need three million people, or why do you need so many people? To make an effect. To show the parliament, we didn't came here with trucks now. We didn't came here with horns. But you will respect us. You will acknowledge the, the fact that you have to have a discussion with us you need to be accountable for the action you need to make this report the citizen and national citizen inquiry final report public that's your duty as a prime minister this is what you need to do not me i don't have the power but you're blocking it because you're, you're c11 or whatever because you don't approve of it because it would show all your lies all your bullshit, all your freaking thing. But no, you don't want it public because then it would be public and everybody would know about it. Then what do you do? Then how you defend your things? There's no way. can't defend this. So the only way to defend it, it's with millions of heartful Canadian men and women. Leave your children at home. Let them go to school. Don't, don't screw up their school program. Try to have a babysitter, whatever. Uh, and I'm on the phone, yes. Yeah. And I don't want to get up Okay. Okay, Pink, uh, she's not there, right there in pink. Like right there. Susan! Okay. So, uh, anyway, like I say, there's plenty of things here to do. But let me tell you, just before I go and things like that, you Canadian people, I love you. I respect you, no matter if you're for me or not for me, okay? What I want is an honest country to live in. What I want is a good country to live in. What I want is the truth. Bring me the truth, then having after we have the truth, we can 
do whatever we think is good to from those lies because guess what there was lies and there's some people that were affected there's some people that are having problems but that's what we need to do is there a car? no that's my uh, girl's car where's your car right there okay well listen matthew i'll i'll let you go because you have things to do there and we have other this stuff to cover but uh, well, I'll be in touch yeah. tomorrow, and let's get you back on tomorrow night, okay? Okay. Hey, thank you. Thank you to all of you. Never forget, we don't die. We multiply, and we do things with our heart. <laughs> not our, not our muscular or power way. It's our heart that's got away with us. Okay? And thank you, everyone, for listening, and I love you all. And I can't wait to see you or uh, to talk to you later down the line, <laughs> this road of ours. Okay, sir. You have a great night. You too. Thank Take you. Care. Have a great night. Right, Bye-bye. Bye. All right, there you go. It did seem fake to me. It looks fake. Looks like fake fighting. Looks like the guy jumped on the thing, on the on the hood of the, like just just, what it looks like to me. I don't know if it's authentic. If it really I, staged, it looked like bad acting to me. In fact, you know what? Let's roll it back. I'm just gonna run it, and you guys can you listen to the audio. Men, I don't bring the, uh, please, please don't. It just looked like bad acting to me. Information he took, yeah, she knows what's going on, but it's like, yeah, it's like the cowboy uh, 13 cowboys. Wouldn't really call it a convoy, but I would call it, you know, kind of a get together. Is it Dan Chow? Don't want to. Argument. So you attack me. You, same thing as you're going to stab me with HIV needles, right? Well, and like don't all that get in shit. my fucking way. I was honest you're about it and I'm not hiding And you're it. ignorant and dumb as fuck. And you're so a you fucking faggot. Dumb as fuck. Ouch. Sorry about that, folks. Carry on. I have nothing to say to the more further to this person. It was a you good conversation a until Queenie, Queenie got on panel. Queenie you sucks. Pass it back. Well, you'll see. I, it, it was such a great panel, I, and then I, Queenie's know, like, just destroyed it. Queenie, shouldn't shouldn't go there to where you're having to result. This is war fighting. Uh, this wasn't from last night. This narration but is these from guys, yeah, yeah, are definitely putting the hands on you. Attacking me, Tommy. Well, when yeah, you know. Okay, I don't want to listen to this anymore. I've just that's enough. It's enough. Enough of that. Oh my God. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. Unbelievable. Don't go away. I'm going to come back on the other side of this. I just have to write the I just got, there it is. I found it. Okay, here we go. The New World Order. Government overreach. The Great Reset. Mainstream media lies. Now more than ever, independent voices are needed. Donate now at freedomreporters.com. That's freedomreporters.com. Maverick News. The antivirus program for your mind.
Give me, give me a minute. I'm, I'm going to find the other thing here, and uh, I'm, I'm going to show you. Hang on. Never mind. You guys want to see it? You go, you go watch it. You decide for yourself. Uh, when I watched it, right from the, the moment I saw it, I was like, it just, it just looks fake. The people, the Jane Scarf thing, the arguing. It just, it just did. It just, it looks fake to me. It looks fake, the whole thing. It looked like bad acting. And uh, I think that for whatever reason, they want us to watch it. Fake. I think they're all still friends. <laughs> you watch next week, they're all going to be hugging. Or the week after, whatever. It's just, but thank you, Matthew, for still talking to me. You know, I'm always, I always am fair to people. And uh, yeah, and I'm glad you understand that it's my job to challenge things. That's why I'm sitting here saying, my impression is that it's fake, that they staged that to do something. I don't know why. Maybe it's authentic. <laughs> Did anybody else get the idea that the whole thing was fake? Like it was some high school drama production? Maybe it's just because it was all so ludicrous that it came off that way to me, but it's just like, <laughs> wow. No, no, you can't breed. I don't know. Let me just look in the chat here. Anybody else? Yes. Celtic Love says yes. Sorry to believe people act like that, yeah. Uh, no, it looks real, says Raising Wolves. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Mouth says, told you they are eating each other and Queenie's hungry. Yes. Well, that's it. Like, then we turn on the uh, that video which is from another live stream podcast thing showing that video and they're all arguing in there. Queenie's in there. So I don't know, man. It's like, and here's the other thing, okay? They've been promising stuff and driving around and getting it, trying to get everybody's attention and nothing ever happens. Nothing ever gets solved. We just keep going around and around and around and around in circles. And now from what I'm seeing in that parking lot, doesn't look like there are very many people there. That's a far cry from three million. 
That's a far cry from a thousand, not even a hundred. I'm just being honest. That's my job. So I'm inclined to not give it a whole lot more attention. When something actually happens, then we might give it some attention. The other thing is, folks, you need to be aware. The people who planned that plan that was released, they might already be in a whole heap of trouble. Just planning something like that, just planning it on a piece of paper is a crime. It's a very serious crime. It involves jail time. To have meetings, to plan as a group. The stuff that was on that recording, that could get them into a lot of trouble. Whoever was there and was actually a participant and a planner. Someone participating in it. That's a conspiracy. Like, not a conspiracy theory, that is conspiracy to commit. And then you combine that with Trudeau for treason flags and a declaration that has been presented or is being presented to the government demanding the arrest of Trudeau, combined with that plan, of which there is obviously more, because that's not the full recording, apparently. I haven't heard the rest of it, but apparently it's out there. Made, and they've stated that publicly. Very serious, serious matter. And they haven't even gone into Ottawa. Just saying. And so Matthew is um, obviously saying what he is saying. And he's saying he wasn't in that meeting. But boy, I'll tell you. This is serious shit. And that's why I've been transparent about everything I've known, really. That for a long time I've been trying to tell people, stay away. Don't want to go down that road. Don't want to get mixed up in that. Bad idea. Really bad idea. So, thank God cooler heads are prevailing. Thank God we're talking about some sort of peaceful demonstration right now. But the other problem is, how are you going to get people to go down there and support this after you have these revelations that even Freedom George has admitted are true about a plan that involves violence and weapons? And a plan that involved blowing up a bridge. That is an act of terrorism. So I'm glad that Matthew apparently wasn't involved in that process, wasn't in that meeting. That's good. And so he's welcome to come back on the program and talk about peaceful things. But all those folks who were online delivering cryptic messages 
combined with that information, oh man, the ice is getting thin. And it's not good for the freedom movement. It's just saying. You know the other thing I noticed about that car that he was beating the windshield on? Didn't have a front bumper. Interesting. Why that one? Interesting. We'll see what, where this goes. Hopefully it all stays peaceful. If they protest, I'm cool with that. And if it's all peaceful protest, I'm cool with that. And hopefully it results in something positive. A lot of people skeptical about what's going on, though. And a lot of fighting again. And all this from people who, since, you know, Winnipeg, calling for unity. And what do we have as a result of all this? More division than ever. Blowing things apart. Is it because they're feds? Government ops? They're just really bad at planning and organizing and executing things. Or whatever, I don't know, man. I know people are getting frustrated and impatient because people want change. I hear you. Keep your head screwed on straight. And uh, like I said, when the dust settles, we'll still be here doing our thing. Ready to pick up the pieces, I guess, and continue to move forward in a positive way to lead, help lead Canada back to, I think, you know, just a place where I kind of, in my head, remember things to be. Different people have different ideas of what they want to achieve. I don't want to overthrow anything, and I don't even want to replace the system of government. I just, you know, a few minor changes, tweaks here and there, and I think we've got our problems solved, and there's a, and it's going to take some real work to do it, but we've talked about all that before, and we'll talk about it again in the days and weeks ahead. Just, uh, just be patient. We're going to get there, folks. We're going to get there. It's okay. And I am really grateful to Matthew. <clears throat> because, um, yeah, honestly, I, I have been uh, pretty critical in the past of anybody <clears throat> that I became aware of who was going to do anything that might be counterproductive and might get people hurt. I'm all about peace. Peace, 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 man. You know, always have been. 150,000% consistent on that. That's why I want peace here. I want peace in Ukraine. I mean, who the hell, like, some of these people calling for, to do bad things here, they're also calling for peace in Ukraine. Why do you want peace there if you just want to bring, no, man, get out of here. And, you know, we've kicked people out of the chat here, too, just for, 
talking about this stuff. So nope, doesn't fly around here. And Joe Butler says, those Canadians going on the street, you sitting in the studio. Those Canadians going on the street, you sitting in the studio, blame those Canadians. What do you mean there, Joe? What do you mean? Care to elaborate? Oh, it's the old, uh, let's see how you doing it. What's your plan then, Rick? Well, I've laid my plan out many times, Joe. Why don't you organize something, not just sitting on your arse, Rick? Let's see what you can do. Yeah, okay, Joe. I've done, you know, I've done things lots of people have to try to make my community and my country a better place. No. Hmm. He says no. What have you done, Joe? What about you? What have you done, Joe? What you done? What's your plan, Joe? What's your plan? Because that's really what it comes down to for me, too. It's not about these people who keep telling us what they don't want, what they don't like, what they're afraid of. Tell me what you do want. What's the country going to look like after? After you've uh, replaced Trudeau, how does that look? How did you replace him? And what are you replacing him with? What's that look like? Because I don't really want to destroy anything until I know what we get on the other side. It's like having an election. That's why they have debates with the candidates. So you know what they stand for, what you're supposed to get. And hopefully they don't lie too much. So you get at least a little bit of what they promise. You think people who take these kinds of actions are any different than a politician? They're promising you and promising you and promising you. The problem is, if you don't get democracy on the other side, you're stuck with whatever they decide to give you. You hear what I'm saying? We'll talk about it maybe more tomorrow night. I've been thinking of doing a whole show focused on freedom. What is it really? And how do you get it? Because you have a whole lot of people promising you a whole lot of things in a variety of ways. Whether it's a politician who wants to get elected or re-elected. Or somebody who wants to go to the extremes and achieve change in a illegal way no thank you what's it look like on the other side who's picking up my garbage after that who's fixing the roads when the storm blows through and all the trees fall down and people's basements are flooded who's coming to help who's chopping up the trees on the city property Who's paying for the health care? What kind of system do we have? What about people's pension plans? Does the Canada pension plan remain in effect? What about employment insurance? Does that continue for people who don't have jobs? What about all the grants and programs for all of the programs that are out there for the social welfare people? 
does all that continue? What's it look like on the other side? And if there's disruption, how long would that go on? Because while there's disruption, people would have nothing. Is it going to be licensing for cars? Will the office to get my driver's license renewed still be open? You see, there's a whole lot the government does do that they're responsible for. They're there to provide services. And if they're gone, because some guy or some group of people go down there and say, no, it's all changed now. Okay, well, what are we changing to? Anyway, just something to think about, folks, because I'd never hear anybody talking about what's on the other damn side, except that they want to get rid of stuff. Fair questions. I've asked it many times. Never seem to get a damn answer. Anyway, what time is it? It's now 9, 9.09 p.m. on this October. Oh, it's October the 3rd. Three days into October already. Wow. Fall is upon us. I did notice that the leaves have turned color here. And there were some beautiful red maple leaves. Leaves? Leaves. Sprinkled all over the road today when I was out. Which, you know, it's, it just also draws attention to one of those Canadian things. The Toronto Maple Leafs. You ever think about it? That's grammatically incorrect, isn't it? The Leafs, shouldn't it be the Toronto Maple Leaves? But no, it's the Leafs. I always thought that was odd. So, such a Canadian thing. <laughs> it's the Leafs, eh? It's the Leafs, eh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my American friends. I'm so glad we live next door to you. There's so much. There's a message coming in here. Let me just see what's going on. I won't read it aloud. I'll just uh, see what's come up on the screen. And... Uh, Hang on to see if there's anything I need to share with anybody. Hang on. I'm just uh, telling this person that I am. Oh, hang on. I don't know if there's anything of importance here or not. Probably not at this point. No. Yeah. Okay, I gotta go. I can't sit here and chat on Facebook while I'm on the air with you guys. Anyway, anything I missed tonight, guys? Anything just in the chat? Is there anything I was supposed to talk about that I didn't get to? I think that's it. I think that's about it. Um, stay safe out there, guys. Stay safe. Stay peaceful, man. Like, don't, don't do all that stuff. Don't do that. You're going to go to jail. Just, it's not, they, don't do that. <laughs> okay? Just don't. But they're not done. So they still have a chance to redeem themselves and, 
and do something positive with this, okay? So let's hope that that happens. Because wouldn't that be a nice thing if they could do something positive? All right? All right. That's it for tonight. Thank you for the donations, guys. Tonight, wow, that's super fantastic. Love, love, love you guys. Wow. Great night. Um, I really appreciate the support. And I will be back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, I am supposed to dip into Lori's <clears throat> Twitter space thing tonight. So I don't know. I don't really, I don't have the link handy. But it's on Twitter. Just go find her and you'll find her Twitter spaces thing if you want to join that. Um, which I think it's about to start or it has started. Anyway, I'm going to jump in there for a few minutes and uh, check that out. And uh, I think I'm going to be able to even add a little bit of commentary tonight over there too so that's a privilege thank you guys i will see you all back here tomorrow night 6 p.m eastern standard time catch y'all hang on there it is catch y'all on the flip side this has been a maverick multimedia Productions.